is an illicit radio program. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Richard and you're listening to The Bazaar. If you're a first-time listener, which of course you will be, as this is the first episode, The Bazaar is a conversation-heavy podcast which will be released fortnightly. I'll be chatting with the best up-and-coming talent in the horror community from the pages to the screen. Tonight's interview is with Dan Robinette, writer-director. He's recently released three short films and we had a great old chat. You might hear some reference to this being another guest or a second episode. Uh, sadly, during the week, my first interview with my first guest fell into some disrepair due to some technical difficulties, but I'll hope to have him on the show again at some time. For now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Dan. Here it is. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. Tonight I have another guest. He's writer-director Daniel Robinette. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Well, what have you written and directed? I am, uh, hopefully I'm an up-and-coming uh, director right now in uh, the short film uh, medium. In uh, We're focusing, my group, Four Leagues Media, seems to be, uh, we're, we're focusing on a lot of horror films right now, either that or supernatural thriller suspense type films my background is actually in advertising and marketing i've done that for going on like 20 years now uh and it wasn't until about a couple of years ago that i got into um directing short films and the short film genre uh hopefully that turns into taking one of these ideas and turning it into a feature that is correct and i do believe i have reviewed drawn to fear one of your recent horror films do you want to tell us That's, a little bit about that that is yeah so drawn to fear uh that was our second official short film the first one that we made was kind of a, a crazy bust if you could call it that is that Samka? so when we went, is, or do we dare Samka, not talk yeah, about yeah, it that's, <laughs> that's no we can we can talk about it it was um Samka was my first direct my was i guess my directorial debut and it was very ambitious I hadn't done a short film. We put together a spec trailer and we were funded to do the short film for probably more money than it should have been funded for. We did use it uh, well. I mean, it's got a high production value, the costumes, the sets, um, the effects and everything. But the story, my original idea for the for the story became a little more elaborate than it would fit a short film time frame. We got some writers on board. It kind of got away from the, the, the original concept I had, you know, and then you, you just kind of you're casting and you're in pre-production. And the next thing you know, you're shooting. And by the time we finished shooting, uh, which was God awful because we did it in the middle of summer. And so we had, you know, our actors in full. If, if you don't if the, the people out there don't know uh, what Samco is about, it's a supernatural film set in the medieval period. So they, we had actors in full, you know, armored costume getups. Uh, long story short, though, in the end, the story really kind of struggled to be told. It was a long, short film. I think it was right around 17 minutes, and that was us compressing everything. So it was a really complicated story that was kind of shoved into a short time period that didn't work. I, I think it kind of failed on several levels, do you think there's but it a, still has a, potential. Do you think there's a feature hidden behind it? Do you have a, 
a feature script hiding in the background? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I'd have to revisit it. I could see it being one of those kind of projects 10, 15 years down the line from now. If, if you know, I am successful doing this, that I could revisit when you are successful uh, because it was the first envisage. Yeah. When, when I am successful, right? Fear came up next and I, I told the group, the group, uh, we call it Four Leagues Media. There's three other guys that comprise the, the, the core group. It's me, um, our editor, Jeremy Tassoni, our producer, Jeff Cox, and our cinematographer, Aaron Sorges. And you are the and dragon of the Four Leagues, is that correct? I am I am the dragon. So yeah, we each have a, a creature assigned to, to our names, and, and it makes up this pretty cool little emblem. But uh, so when, when we came back to the drawing board... I told the guys, I said, I want to get back to horror, just straight up horror films. That's that's what I know. That's what I grew up watching and loving. And I want it to be a simple story and I want it to be uh, have kind of an original, if uh, just a hook to the, the idea of um, your classic haunted house. So yeah, that's where it started. And, and we kind of had brainstorm session after brainstorm session. And I thought of, you know, this book, which obviously you're aware of since you've seen the short film. Mm-hmm. Um, that could kind of be the the focus, uh, the kernel for this idea. And so for the short film, I think the focus for Drawn to Fear was to kind of pack in as many scares as we could within a short amount of time and get across the point that what was, you know, what was creating these scares was this this book without divulging too much more than that. But uh, and it actually turned out to be extremely successful for us on a really limited budget. I went and got it financed through my sister and my wife. Uh, they both put up, ponied up a few hundred bucks for us to shoot the thing. And that was a far cry from Samka. It had a $15,000 budget. I see. $15,000 short film to a $500 short film. And Drawn to Fear was just killing it all over the festival circuits this past year in 2016. I think we wrapped it over the summer of 2015 and then got it out there at the beginning of this year. And it's done its full cycle We've developed a full feature script for it based on the book and all these ideas, and it's actually got it's uh, got a lot of clout to it right now. So that's good. That's we're, good. we're really happy with how it's turned out. Excellent. So it was only a five hundred dollar film. Mm-hmm. And five hundred uh, bucks, and that was mainly that was mainly used for catering, <laughs> food, and uh, and you didn't make your own sandwiches, for, no. <laughs> for acting and crew, you know that was the thing. It's we, we didn't we really didn't have time uh, for Drawn to Fear. We shot it in. It was basically two really long nights. I think that they were like 12 hour. We, we just squeeze in as much of the 12 hours of night as we could. Yeah, two I mean, nights in a, a row. It's a very simple film. It's it's just set. Oh, so yeah. Very minimal. And, and, and that's exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when I sat there with the group and I was telling them we got to just so complicated and it was just so, it just, I don't know, drawn out with the story that I, I said, you know, let's just show kind of the the film festival world what we can do with just a simple concept a simple story let's keep it short we had one actor she was great she was awesome to work with and you know just push it and so and so we did so we we're really happy with how drawn to fear turned out i think that gave us some clout and some you know a pretty good reputation right now in the horror film industry so far for short films right now yes i said it was a near That's... perfect horror short and there was nothing to fear I yeah it yes a, give it a nine out of ten yeah you give it Nothing to nothing to fear. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, we had. I reached out to. I believe I reached out to you first, and uh, then we had a couple of other companies, uh, organizations, businesses that approached us and said, you know, we'd like to review the film. 
and every one of them have been great reviews. We haven't gotten one bad review, and I was kind of expecting that to happen sooner or later. And we got to hear some audience feedback through some of the festivals, and some of them kind of were, well, it's, you know, it's, you didn't do anything new, like the scares were all the same, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, that's kind of the point, guys, you know. Well, and, I, I did mention that, but I, I didn't want to bring it up, but you managed to bring it yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I got, I have no problems with bringing that part up. No, what I mean, uh, it, it did draw from influences, but I think what you did with it was very unique. And to condense it down into such a short time frame, I thought was masterful in your craft to sort of condense something that people do say, oh, you copied that, you copied this. But it was a wholesome yeah. story told in a very compact way, which is that's the art of short films. You yeah. have to, you know, tell a story on a simple hook. You can't just have a really complex story. So. That's why I found it so enjoyable. It was it wasn't anything new, but it was very enjoyable. It was very well crafted. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I think that's where we really kind of we decided. All right, on this short film, let's kind of show off our chops. Let's show what we can do. You know, let's compress things, make it fast. Exactly, it was a showcase of your talents, basically. And uh, just yeah, like a yeah, we were, we were it felt like to... honestly. Uh, I think that it, so for that for drawn to fear specifically, and and this is I guess that are out there working on short films is you know i'm sure that most of them know that the film festival circuit is definitely an avenue where you can talk to some people and start you're looking for new financing for an upcoming film or turning your short film into a feature film which i think a lot of people want to do there are some really good horror film festivals out there uh and we were lucky to get into we were kind of hanging our hat on the fact that we got into the lucky 13 in Las Vegas. So they picked 13 short films to show. I actually didn't get a chance to go out there. We sent Kayla, who was the, she was actually the illustrator for the books and she's also a partner in Four Leagues Media. Mm -hmm. um, and she went out there, she got to meet some really kind of big hitters in the horror film industry, um, of which, you know, there were several producers there, some people that were interested in speaking with us more. Funny was what we got out of that was if you're looking to turn your short film into a feature film, you have to, that short film has got to show the potential, you know, for a feature. For expansion. Uh, and yeah. of the, we didn't win. We, we did not win the award for best short film of those 13 um, short films. It, I believe, I can't remember the name of the short film that won, but we'd seen some of these other ones that had been kind of circulating the market this year. But ours, along with two others, were, kind of picked by a few of the judges to discuss further because they were interested in basically, you know, are you, do you guys have a script for a feature length? This has got the potential to be a feature length film. This is what we're interested in. So I think it's something to be, you know, cognizant of when you move forward as a director or a producer is, you know, if you want to turn it into a feature, make sure that, you know, that potential exists in the short film that you're not just doing something that people are just going to be entertained by and they can walk away and say, that was great. It as a feature-length film. I never even considered that. So, Drawn to Fear kind of set the, sets the stage, specifically with that book, the book. And so, you've been making horror for the last couple of years now. Uh, what kind of drew you to horror first day? Why is horror now becoming your genre of choice? I'm smiling because it 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 all stems from uh, and my oldest sister exposed me to. Uh, just every 80s horror film you could think of diabolical purposes of scaring the shit out of me when I was a kid which it worked absolutely it worked 
five, six years old watching R-rated horror films, which is probably not the greatest thing. I turned out fine, but... You just uh, became a director. Kinda... That was the only thing that went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, I have an affinity for horror, especially 80s horror. Like, that's that's nostalgic for me. Um, so, you know, that's what I grew up with, and, and I sat there thinking, how could we kind of morph some of these inspirations I had into modern-day retellings? And I think you see a lot of that now. I mean, Stranger Things is huge. Oh, massive. And that's that just, just like the biggest a... nostalgia trip there ever was uh, of the last loved couple of years. Yeah, anyway. I mean, from episode one, I actually, I was in Europe uh, this past summer, and I had a friend of mine who said, you know, if you haven't seen this, you need to watch it. Literally, like, the one night I was in, and I'd never been to Italy, and I was in Italy, and it was just night one, but I I was exhausted, and I decided to try watching episode one, which I think is kind of funny, because I'm sitting there in, in Italy watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, and I, I was hooked, but I was absolutely hooked. I, I loved it just from the first 10 minutes of it. And, you know, so when I say kind of take a, you know, nostalgic trip back to the 80s, I, I like that idea. Drawn to Fear had some elements. And as a matter of fact, the score was going to be a straight 80s score on top, but we kind of diverted away from it. There were a couple of guys in, in my group that, Although they grew up in during the '80s, they're not crazy about the '80s like a I am. '80s synth sort of a work, bit of right. John Carpenter. That would have worked yes. quite well. Yeah, John Carpenter, Halloween. I mean, yeah, those are they're all great. It, to me, it's just something. Yeah, you can't. You know, not they weren't all original. You know, you had one slasher film, and then it was copied and copied and copied, just like it happens nowadays in, in lots of different formats and subgenres of horror. But for me, like you know, I, I grew up watching horror and. Uh, I just kept, I still watch, you know, as much horror film as, or as many horror films as I can, even to this day. And, and, you know, some stick out, some I don't like, there are some that are more popular that a lot of people like that I don't like. And there are some that are obscure and, and shitty that I love. So, um, so like what would it be your horror for 2016 since we're nearly wrapping up now into December? Gosh, 2016. Does it have to be a film that came out in 2016? I'm afraid it is going to have or to is be it... 2016. <laughs> the horror movie. Oh, my gosh. If you have watched any new ones. Oh, I would say... Okay, got it. The Wailing. The Love Wailing. It. You know what? I, saw... I had a chat with uh, David yeah. Chaudoir, and he was talking about The Wailing. Uh-huh. Everyone's talking about The Wailing. I got tagged in a tweet yesterday... Tell me about the waiting. <laughs> I think it's a sign. You haven't seen it yet. No, this is the third time. So you know, third time's a charm. I'm gonna have to put wailing on the list. And it's um, I'm I'm you know it's it's funny because it's a Korean film and my mom's Korean. My dad's from grew up in the states, in the United States, and uh, and so I I tend to still have like a half of my culture and lifestyles you know based in Korea. Of course. And so I was excited when I found out that this it was this Korean film. Um, that was, you know, getting all these accolades and everything this year. So I sat down and I watched it. It's all subtitled, but I'm I'm very familiar with kind of those types of films. So if you can, you know, there's if you can look at the film broken into three acts, the first act is very comedic, which I see a lot of, you know, a lot of comedy involved for horror films in Europe in general anyway. Yeah. So act, but act two, like you kind of get out of that. And act three is very serious. It's it's a very different horror film it's definitely a horror film and, and i mean i loved it i have not one complaint about it's it i gave it 10 10 out of 10 definitely one i need to check out now it's uh 
It's on top. Of, it got to the top of the list, thinking it's just being rammed down my throat. But well, fact, and was the witch this year? Uh, the v- v- witch, <laughs> whatever way it was pronounced. Yes, the witch. The v- yeah, the witch. Uh, was that yeah, this the year? Witch. I, I think, think that was, was this was year. It? it was earlier this year, I believe. It was the beginning of this year. I, I thought that that was phenomenal as well. It was really different. Um, the way it was shot and yeah, I heard uh, it was more a suspense the, movie than a horror. It was a, a there was a word I used not horrifying. I was just that there were some really disturbing visuals. You were and, uh, and I was really spooked. Yeah, I was really spooked. Like it was very eerie. I always talk to the guys about staying power for a horror film. You know, when I walk away after I see it. When I'm sleeping at night, am I going to be thinking about it? Am I, you know, is it going to, am I going to scare the shit out of myself thinking I'm going to walk into the bathroom and see something or it's, you know, whatever I saw in the movie is going to pop out. Yeah. And I, I give a lot best, of value. That's the best to... kind of movie, isn't it? That you're creeping oh, yeah, around yeah. corners but and turning it's... on the light and running upstairs screaming like a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's those, the kind the I hate, ones. but I love them so much. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're few right, and far between right. these days, but they're, they're fantastic when they do appear. I think the last mm-hmm. one for me was uh, The Woman in Black because I went into it. Not knowing it was a horror movie, which really oh, scared, God. <laughs> really Daniel, scared the, the shit out of me when the ghost the started appearing. One with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, the Daniel was, Radcliffe one. Yeah, it was, that was really good. Yeah, that was that scared the crap out of me. Despite all the horror, now deviated into art house. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the time will come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. it right. Now, is it something you don't so want to talk about? Was... Are you trying to avoid that? <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Just. So the time will come was our follow up to drawn uh, drawn to fear. So I, I told the guys, you know, for the next film, I, and I remember this was maybe halfway through this year. So I think this was maybe June, and drawn to fear was doing well. And and I said, actually, most of them, the the three guys said, so you know, what are we gonna, what kind of horror genre are we gonna do next? And I think there was a big push to do like a haunted house, another haunted house film. And I said, well. I said, just let's hold down, let's slow down for a second, because I was having, I, with the, I had beers uh, one night with the, our producer, Jeff Cox. We were at this bar that we frequent here, and I was telling him, I think that, like, I want to tell a story where, what, I, it's so hard to describe without, like, necessarily giving, you know, the plot and everything away, but uh, where you can have someone that uh, appears to just be, you know, your everyday kind of normal guy that you know has more of a a meaning in life but with a supernatural like a spooky twist to it and so i started we literally started kind of batting around these ideas of you know well what's the spooky stage or like what's this kind of a famous kind of iconic thing that is scary and uh and you know we kind of stumbled uh, on a few different ideas and we started writing down dialogue there at the bar on these napkins, literally on napkins and as cliche as it was. And so I had like this pile of napkins, you know, the drunken scribbles of, of dialogue that, you know, at the time sounded great that I read the next day. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense at all. And you still but have the those cur- napkins, but the, the idea they're going to be framed. Memorabilia. That's right. Uh, so we, so we, I went into that, that conversation with the guys and I said, you know, what do you guys think about us kind of, getting a little more serious with our next short film and focusing on conversation. And I think that we have an idea where we could do that and it could be intimate and there could be this kind of supernatural element to it. And so that was another learning process because as we got into it, I I think I've 
maybe emailed or we've corresponded before about how many writers we have, that there's not one specific writer in our group. Um, yeah. So when one person starts writing this out, usually what we do is we, you know, whoever wants to take the ball and, and just kind of go, they, they do a first draft and then we meet and we kind of pick it apart and we, we do our best to integrate everybody's ideas if they're good or if it makes sense or if we get a, a general consensus on moving forward with it. And then someone else does the next draft. And so it's, it's a group project. It's always, that's why typically it's says written by four leagues media, not just one person. Right. So in this one, I think the conversation that worked between the two characters and the story was there. I think it just kind of may maybe morphed into we re I, I tried really hard to bring in everyone's ideas so that it was a group effort. And, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of a fine line between trying to appease everybody in the group or, you know, stick with your vision. And, and it's a gamble because, you know, if, if I walk in and I say, well, this is happen I, I never want to kind of take directing at that level i i, I don't want to be a dictator i i appreciate everybody else's ideas and concepts and sometimes you know you do have to put the foot down you have to say well, no you know i think what what i have in mind is going to work best and, and that happens often but when we're talking about writing and we're talking about a story i tried you know my best to listen to every, everybody else's ideas and then we incorporate those and i think that the time will come might have gotten a little diluted but I'm still happy with, with how it turned out. It was a different piece for us. It was what I call the art house piece. And I did have the pleasure of watching that. I just watched it this evening, admittedly. So it's fresh okay. in my mind. Uh, no, it was very enjoyable. Uh, it did have a spookiness to it. Uh, it okay. definitely wasn't just an all-out art house. Uh, it was quite enjoyable. But I'll leave okay. my thoughts for the review for UK Horror Scene. You won't, <laughs> you won't get to hear the full... <laughs> all will be revealed. Yeah, I'm going to... I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed and I, I, I don't expect to get any uh, any special treatment with it but we I, I'm happy with how it turned out um no we struggled it was, with, it was a good film how did you feel about the end uh, without felt, giving anything away no I felt it was good I mean it it was subject matter that would okay. touch on you know a lot of people uh, it's very real okay and yeah I think the way it was handled was done very well and starting from the ending. Good. You know, working your way back is you say, oh, it, you kind of there's a bit of a yes, oh, moment, eureka moment. Oh, <laughs> yes, that and was what like, I what I call the aha, aha yeah, yeah. moment. It like without that's kind of an anticipation spoiler now if someone's going to go out and try and watch it. But um, <laughs> no, it was quite it's enjoyable. It's, it's hard to discuss, you know, ten minute films <laughs> without just ruining yeah, the whole no. kind of hook. I agree. I agree. So that one, we, so, you know, that one's wrapped up and that's done. And, and it is, um, we kind of shotgun drawn to fear into the film festival circuit for the time will come. We've been very selective in the festivals that we're entering it in. Um, and it's, it's done very well so far. And uh, are you sort of we'll happy? See, we'll see how it goes. Are you happy with the continually good feedback you're getting? Is that being a driving factor to kind of push you forward as you say? Yes trying to break into yeah. feature are you getting a bit more confident that a feature debut will bode well for you i don't you know the, all the guys keep pushing it, it, and our group has expanded like i keep saying the guys it's uh, four leagues media is you know those three guys i mentioned earlier and there's also kayla stir who's part of it and michael scott who's part of it we haven't you know it's kind of expanding with each one that we do which is great we've got a you know local reputation for being a really great film group here so we have a lot of people that want to be part of this but 
everybody's pushing for let's see if we can get some financing to do a feature film but my problem is that i haven't sat down to think of what kind of a feature film i'd like to direct drawn to fear would be something if that does work out could be you know the exact type of thing that i'd like to put a first feature on um but you know right now i think that there's a lot that i that i'm personally still learning so the short film kind of time frame and, and medium i think is still really very interesting for me and i enjoy it quite a bit and i also enjoy learning something new every time that i do it which is which is what happens it's 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 a learning experience every time there's always a mistake that i make or I could have done that better or, uh, you know, I don't like how this turned out. We should have shot it this way. So every time, you know, every time I think this next one's going to be the best, but in this case right now, and I'm, this is my, this is my just terrible segue into our upcoming short film. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the next one that the one that we're actually going to start shooting in January, it's called tethered. That is one that I feel like I will absolutely 100% hang my hat on. It, it's going to be, you know, hopefully it's going to be grand. And, and and I expect it to be. Everything's turning out about it. The story's great. And I think our casting is going to be great. Is it still in the realm of, you know, 10 to 15, 20 minutes? Or that same scope? You know, and that's so right now that's the sticking point. I th- I prefer to try to keep it right around 10 minutes or under. There's no way I'm ever going to do a short film that's five minutes or less. It's just not in my directorial style. This one, I think, you know, if I can keep it around 10 minutes, I'd be happy. But if the footage and the story lends itself to being something that it's, you know, where, hey, 15 minutes is going to be, we can, you know, add on those extra minutes and it's going to be worth it for the story. I'll, you know, I'm not going to just make us stick to a specific time frame just for the sake of doing that. Right. So if it grows organically, you'll just add to it. sort of thing absolutely absolutely and and this one is horror as horror can be but it will be really more suspense for the majority of it leading up to it all and it, it's going to be a good one i'm very excited about that one we got our location set up yeah I'm, I'm excited we're actually meeting this wednesday to start to kind of finalize we're down to three people for casting the lead and uh it's just we're in an exciting point right now this is the fun part for me that's great. And I, I heard that I'm getting an exclusive first review, am I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ab- you, you, you will, you, you'll get first look at it. Before I, it goes I only anywhere. jest, but that would be great. Yeah. I, I appreciate your feedback. I mean, on, on everything so far. So. No, it's all good. So we'll say just if Tethered was the next best thing, someone picked it up. They yeah. said they want to make it a feature. I'm going to give you an option. If they said, mm. look, we have to redo the script completely but we leave mm. you in the directing seat Mm-mm. or you just, you give in your scripts, but you don't get to direct it. What one would you pick? Someone asked me that about uh, drawn to fear for drawn to fear. I didn't, I don't want to give up the director's role for tethered. Oddly enough, I, I could give that one up. Are you going to um, be stubborn like may... Sylvester Stallone, you know, with Rocky. <laughs> I want to star in it. No, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, it's one of those things. That would do you know? I'd love to direct these any of these ideas that come out, but if if you know, it makes sense that someone else has got a better style that's suited for the story that you know has experience here. That's I absolutely understand that. I'm I'm just not one of those guys that kind of lets my ego get in the way of things or is too stubborn to let something succeed. So I'm always open to discussing how some how one of our ideas moves forward. And that was the for me is let's let's come up with an idea, let's shoot it so it has potential to turn into something. 
And if we're involved, great. If not, and but it still keeps going, that's that's great. That's the goal. And of course, to paraphrase David Chaudoir again, I know I'm, I keep using him, but I'm, I just talked to him yesterday. He, no, had, yeah, it's he fine. had a great quote, you know, um, it's show business and a lot of people want to show and to look at it for free, but then there's the business aspect. You want to get paid. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're all in it to enjoy it. But, you know, at the bottom line, you you got to spend money filming, paying actors, paying yourselves. Mm-hmm. What's the end goal? Is it, would you prefer to, if people were saying, hey, these guys are good writers, that you'd be selling scripts? Or would you prefer mm-hmm. to be taken on sort of behind the camera? Or what, what, is, the, well, you what know, is the goal for Four Leagues Media? I think the goal for us is to shoot, uh, it is to be a production company that can shoot feature length films uh, with the group we have, you know, with our cinematographer, Aaron, uh, with our editor, Jeremy, with our producer, Jeff, and with me as director. And I believe I 100% positive that we can do that. I believe in us to, to be able to do that. I think it's just making sure I'm, I'm always kind of the guy that's hesitating saying, hold on, let's, let's think about this. You know, is this the right picture for us? Is this this the right film for us? And I'm very picky about what we do because I want it to showcase us in some way, shape or form. So I'm, I'm, for, for me, I think the end goal is we got to shoot a feature film and I I think we got to put ourselves out there. And eventually if that, that, that means that we're like independently funded, you know, through a handful of financiers here locally, that's great. If it means that another production company is going to invest in us, but you know, they want to bring on their own group or their own crew to shoot our idea. I think that, you know, that that's got to be in a discussion of, well, you know, what, what, what's the, what are the finances involved here? You know, how I know we're, we're being taken out of the mix for this to happen. Yeah. But uh, so that, that's not an, how much yeah, not an ideal situation. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that so, sounds, it, that's reasonable. Wanna... Yeah. It, I, you know, you know I, I don't know where things will go from here. I think that they'll continue to go up for us. And I think that we'll have our opportunities. And would you I look, know that. Would you look to crowdfunding? That seems to be a big thing everyone is doing. Or do you think that's a bit oversaturated right now? It's a bit passe. I think I think you nailed it. I think it's a bit oversaturated. And I hate, I, I, I not no, that's a strong word. I don't hate, uh, I dislike getting funding that way. I prefer if we're going to, and I've talked to the guys about this. There are some people that just, um, some business contacts I've developed over the years in advertising and marketing where, you know, there's some people that I know that, that have the ability to fund something like an independent feature film. And I prefer being able to sit down with them and tell them the idea and tell them, you know, I think this is going to be a success if you can get behind it. We've done that. to hundreds, you know, yeah, I, I just, I just prefer it. I like that intimacy of, of being, of having people involved. You know, if, if people are putting up the money, I want them to be in, intimately involved on the project of course no that that seems like so a that, good way to be and yeah yeah we'll see i mean maybe maybe it's not the way of the you know the social media in the future and you know we got lots of millennials floating out there probably doing it the crowdfunding way but and you know what would be your um, opinion of horror these days you know where do you think the genre is going or where do you feel it's kind of at do you think there's still life left in the old girl <laughs> <laughs> I think it's at an all-time high. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, I, I think there were some articles that I read where it's. I'm pretty sure it's the the the. Well, I think we've all known for a while now that horror makes money. You know, you can crank out these low-budget horror films, and and people pay to see them in theaters. And it's because of all the different subgenres, you know, that exist. There's going to be some. Even the person that doesn't like a horror film 
they, they say, you know, I, I don't watch horror. I don't, yeah, I don't like scary movies, but they sit there and they watch, you know, like a suspense slasher movie. And they're like, well, that's not, that's not a horror movie. It's like, well, technically it is a horror movie. It's just a, it's just a specific type of horror movie. So I, I think that there, I think that exists for every, well, not everybody, but the majority of people out there that like movies. And I think that's a good thing. I think where it gets kind of crazy is uh, that we're, you know, it's sensational gore. That's just not my cup of tea. So I, I don't like to see the shock value films, shock value films. I, I get the the attraction and Hey, we just want to really, you know, get you by the balls and show you something that's going to scare the shit out of you or that's going to horrify or it's going to just, or, you know, disgust you. And I get those films. I, I would rather see that subgenre kind of take a back seat, but at the same time, I think that it's becoming more and more prevalent. Well, I would have said in it was a way a flavor because... of the last kind of ten years, starting with maybe Hostel, you know, that really yeah, Hostel saw. I mean, and and I think that's well, uh, this would be my theory on you know like kids these days being desensitized through you know <laughs> violence and gore, everything we see on TV, blah 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 blah. But uh, I, I think it's just something that, you know, it was a top, it was kind of a, a subgenre that came up that people were like, oh my God, it's crazy. Did you see that film? And, you know, I'm, I'm in line to see those films too. I am. I'm just because I want to see what's out there. And, and people picked up on it and it got, you know, word of mouth. And it's, you know, so successful that you had movie upon movie being kind of cranked out based on this. And, and that's fine. I just prefer the more psychological dark you know alfred hitchcock type films or even you know some of these kind of more subtle fear movies things that i don't know that that, that don't necessarily shock you they just get you in a really it's like a little bug that gets embedded in your brain yeah, and, and it's there for a much longer time it's the kind of fear yeah, of the unknown yeah. you don't actually see the, the scary monster yeah it's yeah it i mean like. i yeah, it's just it's there's there's an element there that I think is a lot scarier for me, you know, and, and, and that, that was something we had to do a focus group for Drawn to Fear. It was funny because we're asking all these people, you know, what are you afraid of most or like, what's your greatest fear? And it's usually nothing with horror unless it's, you know, Final Destination, I'm sure, like covered a bunch of these things. But, <clears throat> you know, it's it's uh, fear of heights or fear of drowning. And, and those are like horrible things. And, you know, it's scary to think about, but it's not the type of when I think horror, I think supernatural for me. So if I'm scared, it's going to be because I'm scared there's a demon in the bathroom and not a guy breaking into my house. But I get that other people have those other types of more practical fears that exist in reality. And and people like those films, too. So I, I think horror is doing great right now. I think there's all sorts of different types out there. It's like a fetish, you know, where there's a fetish for every single person out there. And you can find that film that specific type of horror of course well what what you reckon is going to be the next sort of breakout pop horror genre of the next decade? Uh, you know we are trying to brainstorm this at four leagues media on our on some of our brainstorming nights i said well the last the, to me the last big thing that hit was the you know the um, paranormal activity but the use of <coughs> security cameras right yes before that it was found footage with blair witch and all that stuff but so like I was saying, you know, and, and there's so many security camera footage films out there now. And there's so many found footage. I, I, I don't know how found footage is still happening right now. I really don't. But I have a problem against found footage films sometimes. Yeah, there is so a lot of them. I, idea, right? Now that you mentioned it. Oh, my God. So many. And, and I have to, you know, when I, I, I'm looking through on demand or, you know, on iTunes trying to find a, a new horror film to watch. 
and I read, you know, the log line or the synopsis and I'm like, oh, this sounds really good. And then I watch the trailer and I'm like, ah, oh, it's a fucking found footage film again. I can't do this. <laughs> that's just, but that's me. I get that there's a lot of people out there that probably love those films, but um, I, I don't know what the next big thing is. We, we tried thinking about it. I don't know, trying to get the audience involved, but that's like, you know, beyond the film. You're, now you're talking immersive experience for the theater, the, the, the people that are watching it. But well, um, remember back in the sort of grindhouse days, they've had people running around in costumes around the theater. Yeah, maybe, maybe and I thought about effect, that. Like, like, I thought that's pretty cool. Like the 4D cinemas where, you know, there's things flapping at your feet or you get sprayed with water. Yeah. You know, maybe going back to a little <laughs> bit of right, gimmicky right. stuff. You never know. I think gimmicky things, yeah. Yeah, you never know. They could work. I mean, especially with the technology nowadays. I don't know of a film that's been kind of in the I'm trying to think of like a film that might have been marketed or billed as, you know, with the new 3D technology, you know, you can go see this when Avatar came out. Like, that's what keeps popping into my head. 3D had advanced so much like you go see these 3D movies in these, um, you know, cinematic theaters now that where the screen, you know, goes almost all the way around. But I haven't heard of a horror film taking advantage of that. Oh, no, no. The last paranormal activity, right? It was 3D. I gave up after the first one. I completely <laughs> just gave up on right. paranormal activity. Right. I nearly walked out of the first one, to be honest. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the latest paranormal activity, I think, tried to take advantage of the 3D thing. I don't know how financially successful that film was, but I'm sure it probably still made money. Right. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the next big thing would be. I, I think... I think I just came up with it I don't know. as we were speaking. Yeah, that, it's, that it's might gonna, be it. It's going to be a collective be uh, virtual reality experience. Everyone get a headset. Group horror experience. That's not bad. That would be creepy. That's, 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 it would be really creepy. That's a free one there for you. I don't know if you could. You can put me as a I don't know if you could that. do that. But, I mean, could you imagine, like, doing that nowadays? Just, just I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think I think that's definitely the next big space for horror is the VR space. Um, I don't yeah. know. Do you play games at all? Do you? Uh, I don't anymore. I used to be like an avid gamer. Uh, my friend Aaron, our cinematographer Aaron, uh, showed me something that was. This is maybe a couple of years ago, but it was supposed to. It was. Um, I was. I think it was a Guillermo del Toro game. It was PT. And I forget which one it was. It's called PT. Which one? It was called PT. Yeah. It was a an interactive demo for yes, an upcoming yes. Silent Hills. So, yes, yes. So I went over there. My wife and I went over there. And we were, and we were with him and his wife, and we were going through this thing, drinking beer. And it was, I mean, it was a great night. It was, it, it was pretty spooky. Yeah, it was an infinitely looping corridor of horror. That's what it was. Right. So, and and I got I got frustrated because I was like, well what are we supposed to be finding? Like, are we supposed to be finding clues to get out of here? And then, you know, I'd get the shit scared out of me. And cause he has this really good surround sound and yeah, it's his a, room. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty fun night. But uh, after that, I mean, I hadn't asked him about it. I don't, I, I think that he kept playing it, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately that actually got canceled. Sure. It was, um, did it? Yeah. It was Del Toro and a guy Hideo Kojima, who was kind of an old boy of uh, Konami had a falling out with the company after 30 years and they pulled the project. And oh. that was Del Toro's second run of trying to make a video game. And he said, nah, I'm done. I'm never trying it again. He's... Oh, that's awful. <laughs> so everyone's like, "Way!" But uh, you've heard of Resident Evil franchise, have you? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. the new one that's coming yeah. out uh, used to all be like fixed perspective, kind of, you know, camera up in the corner. But the, the mm -hmm. next one coming out, is all in first person, just like PT. They're, oh. really, they're really pushing for the 
uh, the VR experience again, like the PlayStation virtual reality. So you'll be in yeah. a headset walking around spooky monsters and ghosts and ghouls appearing out of nowhere. I think that's definitely where horror is going. There's a lot more to be told when it's you controlling the narrative, I think. I think that's Yeah, the- you know, it, now that you bring that up, I think <clears throat> I don't remember where I saw it. Was this year but someone had done a short film. I think it actually premiered over at um, Motor City Nightmares in Detroit, where Drawn to Fear, here's my shameless plug, where Drawn to Fear won Best Horror Short. So the Motor City Nightmares Film Festival, this film was there, and it was like a choose-your-own-adventure film. Yes. So you had to go, you had to use a computer, and you'd watch the story, and then, you know, and they kind of did some first person, but like, you know, when you got to a certain point, it would stop. And you got to choose if the woman, you know, like went, around to the backside of the house or through the front of the house. Yeah. And so they'd shot all these things. And so I I think they were taking it like on kind of a conceptually on a new level, but it was, you know, executed like on an older level. Yeah. Kind of a mix of new and old, but I I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, Oh yeah, I can see this totally working. Like now if you make it a virtual reality gaming thing, you could, you could absolutely get writers and directors involved, you know, on that level. And, I suppose do, it's yeah, definitely story. Yeah. it'll end up being a balance of, you know, how much you want to tell a story and how much you want the person and the audience to shape the story. So that example you gave yes. there of, you know, choose your own adventure, it's like half, you know, fixed narrative, half not. But it's really more predetermined yeah. than, we'd say, a video game where it was an open right. world. Right, so the, the video game can give you that that option of making it limitless and and giving you the the user the the ability to not feel like you're just in this little box of choices and but then choose your own adventure book, it would which be I, up to you, you know, i love you, those if you're a producer that all right we need to put in a thousand different things you can do in this room and then someone thinks oh my gosh the thousand and first thing and you're like damn why didn't we think of that? <laughs> right right we didn't even allow them to open the door <laughs> well, I just go we thought about the, the drawer <laughs> or something stupid <laughs> So that might be oh, more I challenging. Oh, I thought about that. Yeah, but I, I thought about that during the, the – it was called PT. Yeah, correct. The Del Toro – yeah. During that game, I was, you know, asking – Aaron was actually at the helm navigating, and I was like, hey, try try that. Like, you know, look behind that thing over there. And he's like, yeah, nothing happens. So I was like, why not? Like, I'd look behind that, but you can't look behind that. Exactly. So, I mean, you got to cover so many different facets, so many different little elements of, of your surroundings. It might be, I'm sure, overwhelming. No, I mean – if you... But incredible. I mean, if they could do it. If you actually took something like PT, where it was just one room or like one section of a house, that's where you could plow all your resources into making everything interactive. And like, you you know, you pick up a piece of paper on the floor and there's like, you know, a warp hole under it or, you know, something ridiculous that you wouldn't even think of. Or if you put two things together, you know, you pick up the fork and you try and open the door with it that you get electrocuted or I'm just coming up with examples. Oh, I could. But, you know, just. But I mean, yeah matching and pairing. I was going to say I think I think on social media forums that would blow up. I think it'd be huge. And and the word of mouth and the exposure that the that would spread from it, you know, if someone found well, you could go do this in the corner of the room and it's like I had no idea I could do that. Like that's but you, you know that that would be probably highly successful is my guess if if you got a team to I I don't know why it hasn't happened. I well, mean listeners, if you're listening, you heard it here know. first. <laughs> Uh, but you know, when you bring up Resident Evil, that's funny because I played that game. the The first version that came out, uh, I played it with my brother in law, and that the the original version I thought was insanely great because it scared the crap out of me. 
that that first version I thought was scary on the PlayStation. The, the sounds, yeah, yeah. Just the, and I remember it was the sounds that the uh, the zombies or like the dead, you know, the dead creatures. Yeah, the, the sounds that they're making. Just a, uh, uh, and that's uh, you know that's that's another like in my opinion extremely underrated element of horror at times. I mean, he, he, as a director going into these films, I'm design, constantly trying to think of sound. Yeah, yeah, sound. I mean, because. You can just have a black screen, and with the right sound, you're gonna, you know, raise the hairs up on someone. Either that, or they're gonna be like, "That sounds ridiculous. I don't know what the hell that is." What, what's next? So besides tethered, is I think that yeah, after we shoot tethered, uh, we will be focusing on what happens with Drawn to Fear that may or may not turn into something bigger than just a short film, and fingers crossed there. Um, and I think that we will probably look at the same for tethered. Um, the time will come is definitely it's got a possibility there. And like I said, you know, it's actually going to be we'll start hearing back from some of these film festivals in the first first and second quarter of 2017 as far as interest and, in, you know, getting it in front of some people and getting some exposure. And, and we'll see how that goes. But, you know, tethered is something where I know I know for a fact we have something that could turn into something bigger. So I think after tethered, we'll kind of sit down and focus on marketing and and maybe building up some of the short films we have before we tackle another one i say that and whenever we finish one i'm always like what's the next one let's let's get the next one going so dan i think it's about time to wrap up uh thank you very much for coming on the show you've been an absolute superb guest uh where can we thank you find you online where can we reach you uh you can you can reach me at green dragon dan on twitter or my email is dan at fourleaguesmedia.com. That's the number four. And then we have a Facebook page for Four Leagues Media. If you just search Four Leagues Media on Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, that's that. Mm, the Facebook page is pretty much updating, kind of gives everybody an idea of what we're working on and what we're doing. And our website needs a complete overhaul, so I'm not even going to throw that out there. Oh, that's okay. And would you like to shout out to anyone? <laughs> uh, no, just, you know what? I'll shout out to the entire Four Leagues Media crew. Uh, Jeff Cox, our producer, Aaron Sorgis, our cinematographer, our editor, Jeremy Tassoni, our newest member, Kayla Stir, she's great, and our sound guy, Michael Scott, and then everybody else that has worked with us on every film that we've done so far, including our financiers, our executive producers, that's going to keep going and on and on and on and on. So thank you very much for having me, though. This is awesome. This has been fantastic. Excellent. Well, again, thanks for coming on, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of your evening. Thank you, sir, and I uh, hope you enjoy yours as well. And that was my interview with Dan Robinette. I hope you enjoyed the very first show. If you'd like to send any feedback or like to be featured on the show, you can email me at thefearmerchant at gmail.com or if you have any comments, reach out on Twitter at thefearmerchant. You can also check out the website, thefearmerchant.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, drop us a review. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you all soon. Next episode drops in the next two weeks. Come back at a time.